Hey, I see children leaving, so I think I'm right this week. Children are dismissed. So think, think I got it this time. So. Good morning. Glad all of you are here today. Thank you for coming out. It's a rainy, cool, kind of dreary day. And we're glad that you've chosen to be here with us today. There was um, an Indian, or, or should I be politically correct, a Native American uh, gentleman who was laying on the ground, his ear to the ground, and uh, a cowboy, I don't know what I call a cowboy to be clear, politically correct, but a cowboy rides up and he gets off the horse and he walks over and, and he looks down and, and uh, the gentleman laying on the ground says, wagon pulled by two horses, one black, one gray. Cowboy goes, wow, man, that's impressive. He said, man, woman, two children. Man wearing a brown shirt, woman wearing a blue dress and a red bonnet. Cowboy goes, man, that is incredible. You can tell all of that by putting your ear to the ground? He said, no, they ran over me about a half hour ago. (laughs) He was an eyewitness. To an event. And this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want us to turn to Luke chapter 24, and I want us to talk about God's calling us to be a witness. Now, we're not an eyewitness, but He does call us to be a witness. Luke chapter 24, beginning to read together this morning in verse 36. And while they were telling these things, now let's pause for just a moment. We're just getting started, but let me remind you what things. They have gathered together the two from the road to Emmaus. If you remember, they walked with Jesus. He stopped to eat with them. They didn't know who he was until he broke bread with them. And when he did, their eyes were open and they recognized this is Jesus who we've been talking about. And so they immediately, the Scripture says, straightway got up and returned to the disciples and began to tell them the things that happened. The disciples were talking about the things that happened to them. And here's all of this conversation going on about Jesus and His resurrection. And while they were telling these things, that's what they're talking about, right? He Himself stood in their midst. Imagine for just a moment, if you would, what that must have been like. They're all excited. They've come all the way back from their journey. They've gathered together and they're talking about, we were walking with Jesus. We were talking with Jesus. He was telling us all of these things and we were asking questions. He was, But we didn't know it was Him. Until we got to the house, we asked Him to stay and we broke bread. And somehow, when we broke bread with Him, our eyes were open and we recognized and realized it was Him. Can you believe we're talking to Jesus? And the disciples talking about, we went to the grave and He wasn't there. We went to the grave and the tomb was empty and there were grave And they're talking about all of these things. And then suddenly, in the midst, there's Jesus. Imagine the thrill and the excitement that they must have felt to have Jesus in their presence. But they were startled. And they were frightened. And thought that they were seeing a spirit. 
or a ghost. Now, they're just talking about all these things that have happened, and then when he's actually there, they go, wait a minute. This can't be real, can it? And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands, see my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Jesus said, it's me. I'm real and I'm alive. And I've got all the evidence to prove that to you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still could not believe it for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish. And he took it and he ate it before them. Again, showing the evidence. Look, here's my hands. Here's my feet. Here I am. Got something to eat? Let me eat it. A spirit doesn't eat, does it? A spirit, you know. No, let me show you who I am. And he ate it before them. Now listen, verse 44. Now he said to them, These are my words which I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and of the prophets and of the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name, To all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending you forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus said, you are witnesses of these things, of these truths that have been Proclaim to you the prophecy that was foretold and the events that have unfolded. You are witnesses of this. And you see these things. You have experienced these things. After Jesus' resurrection and before his ascension, he appeared to many people on multitudes of occasions. To as few as one, to as many as five hundred And in that time period, he challenged them with many different tasks that they were to carry out as his disciples and followers after his ascension or his departure, physical departure, from them. The one that I want us to consider today is his call for us to be witnesses, first to them And now to you and I, we can continue and see this call over and over. We're in the Gospel of Luke. You can leave your finger there if you want to. Flip over a few pages with me to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, again, Jesus is speaking. And listen to what he says. But you shall receive power. Now, remember what he just said. You're to remain here until you are clothed with the power. Now he says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. You 
are to be my witnesses. And then over in Acts chapter 4, in verse 33, listen to what he says. And with great power, the apostles were giving witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. They were called to be witnesses. And you and I have been called to be witnesses. What does that mean? What did that mean to them? What does that mean for you and I to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, of His death, burial, and resurrection, and of the kingdom of God? Well, sometimes in order to understand what something is, we first need to make sure we are clear what it is not. And I think in our world today, sometimes we really struggle with that. And so there are several things, but I want to talk about four things real quickly that being a witness is not. The first is this, being a witness is not being a debater. He didn't call us to debate. He didn't call us to to pick sides with someone and debate the issue and do everything that we can to, to prove them wrong and to prove us right. That's what a debate is. right? He didn't call us to do that. He called us to be witnesses. So, so what is a witness? Well, it's not a debater. It's not someone that gets up and, and, and tries to do everything they can to prove somebody else wrong and prove themselves right. It's not a complainer. So, so we don't just complain about other people that don't believe what we believe. Other people that just can't accept the truth. Other people, so we just don't sit around and complain about them. But we do that a lot in our world today. We do a lot of debating and we do do a lot of complaining about those who, who just can't accept the truth. We can't see why they can't believe what we believe. We, we can't understand why they can't understand what we understand. And so we complain a lot about how they act and what they do and what they say because they're different than we are or their beliefs are different than we are or they don't have any beliefs at all. They're totally immoral and they have no beliefs. And we complain a lot. About those people. Being a witness is not being a complainer. Being a witness is not being a condemner. We condemn people a lot. We condemn them for their behavior or their actions or their words. Or, and, and he says we're not to be condemners. And in fact, you know, just uh, this morning in our communion meditation, a very good understanding of what it means to condemn or to judge others. I tell people all the time when they ask me questions about, well, you know, somebody going to heaven or not going to heaven or their lifestyle or their not lifestyle. They say, and I say, listen, here's the only thing I know for sure. There's only one judge, and it's not me and it's not you. Don't judge people. Don't judge them. That's not our place. That's not what he's called us to do. He has not called us to be condemners of people because of the way they live their life. Didn't call us to do that. He called us to be witnesses. Being a witness is not being an advisor. I think this is one that we have a, a lot of in our world today. Is, is that as Christian people or believers or even as the church today, we want to be advisors. Let, let us advise you about life. Let us advise. Didn't call us to be advisors. Didn't call us to say, hey, let me tell you what's best for you or how you should do this or how you should do that. Let me advise you in the direction that you should. Didn't call us to be advisors. Those are four things that you and I, in order to understand what it means for us to be a witness, we need to understand what it does not mean to be a witness. We are not to be debaters. 
We are not to be complainers. We are not to be condemners. And we are not to be advisors. Now, do some of those things come into play in the Christian walk in life? Did we see some of that even in the apostles' lives? Absolutely. But that's not our main focus. That's not what it's all about. It's not those four things. Boy, if I can really do those four things, I'll be a great witness for the Lord. No, no. Those are occasional things, and those things do happen, and they are a part of the process in life, but that's not the main focus. So what is? Let's talk about that for a little bit. The first thing that I want to see is that the apostles were eyewitnesses. The apostles were eyewitnesses. They were there, and they were eyewitnesses to his ministry. I want you to think for just a moment about what it means for the disciples to have heard the teachings of Jesus. They heard the words coming out of his mouth. They listened to him as he taught others, and they listened to him as they taught as he taught them. And so they were eyewitnesses to his ministry. They were eyewitnesses to the message that he was proclaiming, to the things that he was saying, to, to the, the communication that he was delivering. They witnessed that. For, for, for around three years, they listened to the things that he said. They were present for his teachings and they were a witness to his ministry. They, they saw and heard the things that were going on. That's the second thing I want to see about being an eyewitness. Is they, they were eyewitnesses to his miracles. I think about how powerful and convincing and convicting it must have been to see Jesus perform miracles. To watch him. It just blows my mind to think about watching Jesus. All the other miracles, but to watch him Walking on water. That just blows my mind. To think about, they were eyewitnesses to that. They saw that miracle occur. And they saw Him walking on the water, coming to them in the early morning hours. They heard Him say, peace, be still. And the wind stopped. Oh, I wish we'd had that yesterday, right? And the wind stopped. And the waves ceased. And there was complete calm. Why? Because he had the power to command that with simply his voice, peace, be still. They were witnesses to his humility. A humble servant. He, he wasn't a braggart. He, he didn't want the best of everything. He didn't want first place. He didn't want everybody to bow down and acknowledge who he was. He was humble in his service. He was humble in his attitude. He was, was humble in his communication. And they were eyewitnesses to his ministry and to his miracles and to his humility. And they were eyewitnesses to his humanity. They understood that when people hurt, Jesus hurt. That when people were filled with sorrow, Jesus was filled with sorrow. That the humanity that he offered to others to impact their lives, to change their lives, to give them hope and a new direction. And, and they saw the humanity of him and the pain that he endured and the suffering that he went through. And, and understanding that while he was God with us, he was human. And in his humanity, he cared about other people deeply. We find in the scriptures where his heart ached and where he wept for those who were lost. 
And Jesus was, was in this ministry of service while he was here, of humility and humanity and, and the miracles that he performed. And the, the apostles were eyewitnesses to every bit of that. They saw every one of those things as they happened in the presence of the people here on this earth. second thing I want us to see is the apostles were life witnesses. That after the death, burial, and resurrection, the ascension of Jesus into heaven, these guys were like they had never been before. And the life that they lived bore testimony to the change that had been made in their hearts. To the impact that Christ had had on their life. That being eyewitnesses of His ministry and His service and His miracles and His humility and His humanity, seeing those things changed their lives and it changed them forever. In fact, listen to this passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 4. I don't know who that's for, but if it's for me, tell them, tell them I'm busy. Okay? So, Acts chapter 4. And, and I want you to turn back just a page from where we were earlier and look at verse 13. Listen to what it says. Now, as they observed the confidence. Well, that's a critical word. As they observed the confidence in Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were marveling, listen, and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. That they were life witnesses. That their life became a witness and a testimony. Their boldness became greater. Their confidence to proclaim as a witness the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. That they were boldly standing before people and saying, we want you to know who Jesus is. And they looked at them and they said, they're, they're untrained and they're uneducated and they're, they're just normal guys. How do they have this boldness? How can they stand and, and proclaim these things the way that they're proclaiming them? And they said, the only thing that can explain it is what? They've been with Jesus. And Jesus has changed their life. And so the way that they now lived their life, the confidence and the conviction in which they lived with, suddenly began to, to give power. It began to give, give authenticity to who they were and who they had been with. And how they lived changed the message that they proclaimed and gave confidence to others who heard their message as well. The apostles were also... Voice or verbal witnesses. In other words, like a witness in, in a trial or a case, they were called to give evidence of what they had seen, what they had experienced, and what they knew. And so they begin to proclaim that message. They begin to verbally, not just with the way they live their life, with boldness and confidence, but now with the words that they were saying. That they were witnesses, that they were sharing with others about their knowledge of Jesus and their experience with Jesus and what that means to their life. So as we learn from the apostles about being a witness, the question is then, how do you and I become a witness? How are we to be a witness today? Well, the first thing that's obvious is this, we can't be an eyewitness. We weren't there. We didn't hear him teach in person. We didn't witness his miracles in a person. We, we didn't see his humility and his humanity with our own eyes. 
So you and I can't be eyewitnesses. But what can we be? How can we be witnesses? We can witness to what God is doing in others' lives. Now, this isn't as powerful of a witness, but it can be a witness. Have you ever said these words or maybe heard somebody say these words? You know, oh, so-and-so, they used to be like this, but when they met the Lord, now they're like this. That's a witness of what God is doing in someone else's life. We have seen them change. We have seen the differences Boy, they used to do this, they used to act like this, they used to say this. And now that they've met the Lord, boy, they're this way, this way, right? And so we see what God is doing. Man, they used to be so arrogant, they used to be so full of themselves, they used to, man, just be such a braggart. And, you know, now they're just so humble. They're, They're not that arrogant person anymore. So you can fill in the blanks, and there's all kinds of things, but but we are a witness to what God is doing in someone else's life. And that's a good witness, but it's not as powerful a witness. The second thing is this, that we can be a witness to what God has done and in it is doing and will do in our own lives. Now, we're an eyewitness of that. What has God done in your life? Saved you from your sins? What has God done in your life, forgiven you of your sins? What has God done in your life? He's given you hope for a future and eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Those are things that we can be a witness of. What has God done in your life? He's blessed me with a spouse that I love, that loves me. He's blessed my family in many ways. He's provided for me financially and that my needs are met. Do I have everything that I want in life? Not necessarily. But are my needs met? Is there a roof over my head? Is there food on my table? Do I have clothing to wear? God has provided for me. And so all of these things can be a witness or a testimony of what God has done, is doing, and will do in our lives. We need to be actively being witnesses of those things. We need to be telling other people about those things. We need to be be that verbal, that communication, or using our voice to say, let me tell you what God has done in my life. Listen, I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter. Remember these guys? They said what? They're uneducated. They're untrained. Right? doesn't matter what level of your education or information is. Every one of us can get it exactly right when we tell people about what God's done for us, is doing, or will do in our life. Because it's our life. It's our story. It's our message. I can't mess that up. Right? I just tell them, this is what He's done for me. He's changed my life. He's loved me. He's given me love. He's given me hope. He's given me forgiveness. I can tell people about that because I've experienced it myself. I've gone through those things and through those changes, and I know what He's done for me, and I can tell others that. So don't ever feel that you have to have all the answers. Don't ever feel you have to know book, chapter, and verse, and all of those things. Hey, just be a witness to tell people about what God has done in your life. It's your story. Share it. It's your story. Tell people about what God has done, is doing, and will do in your life. We are called to be witnesses about what the Scripture says about the Lord. Not debating, not complaining, not condemning, not not advising. What does the Scripture say about our Lord Jesus? What does the Bible tell me about Him and who He is and what He has done? Now, 
I need to know that. I need to study God's Word. I, I need to know those things. But I can be a witness. I can be a witness about what He's doing in someone else's life. I can be a witness about what He's doing, has done, is doing, and will do in my life. And I can be a witness about what the Scripture says about the Lord. And that's how He calls us to be a witness. Now here's the thing. It's real simple this morning. Every one of us are witnesses. Every one of us, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, have been called according to His Word to be a witness he says both in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He calls us as believers to be a witness. No exception. So here's the only question. Are we being a good witness? Or are we being a poor witness? Are we being the witness that he's called us to be? Or are we being less than that? Are we allowing this life and this world and the things that are around us to keep us from being the witness that He's called us to be. Because all of us are witnesses. And so I want to challenge you this morning to ask yourself the question. Last week we celebrated the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we are so excited that He's alive and we serve a living Lord. And that His sacrifice has paid the price for my sins and that He has forgiven me. And He's adopted me into His family and made me part of, of His family. And now He calls me to be a witness. I challenge you. Examine your life. Ask yourself the question. Are we being a good witness? Or are we being a poor witness? Because it is always, there's no middle ground. It is always one or the other. Am I being a good witness? Am I being a poor witness? Because God has called me to be a witness. This morning, we're going to sing an invitation hymn. And maybe there's a decision on your heart this morning. Perhaps you're here and you think, you know, I haven't been the witness that I should. There are some changes I need to make, some things that I could do differently to be a better witness in the kingdom of God. Maybe you're here and, and you've never named the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior. And today's the day, you know what? I want to make Him Lord and Master so I can become a witness. Whatever decisions are in your heart, maybe you just need somebody to put your arm around your shoulder, pray with you about something going on in your life. This invitation is time for us to make decisions about where we are spiritually in our relationship with the Lord. If you have a decision, come as we stand and we sing. Oh, to Jesus I...